Um, if you brought your Bibles, I invite you to open them up to First uh, Peter. Uh, we're going to be in chapter 3 uh, this week, and uh, uh, today's teaching is, is going to have two parts, and so I don't know if you've got your stopwatch. So I want to teach for like 10 minutes, and then I'm going to let somebody else teach for like 13 minutes, all right? Uh, somebody way better. Um, so I'm going to do the first 10, and, and what I want to do is I want to spend about 10 minutes just talking about this text, talking about this passage, letting, letting a few things come up. Uh, this week we're in uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, which is all about husbands and wives. <laughs> so it's going to be good. So I'm going to do 10, and then uh, I'm going to let somebody else teach the, the second half. So uh, let's look at the first six verses together. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, it says this way, it says this, In the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. Already my most popular sermon ever. <laughs> then, even if some refuse to obey the good news, he says, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, and beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourself instead with the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is so precious to God. This is how the holy women of old made themselves beautiful. They put their trust in God and accepted uh, the authority of their husbands. For instance, Sarah obeyed her, hus her husband, Abraham, and called him her master. You are her daughters when you do what is right, without fear of what your husbands might do. So um, Peter is in this section from the end of chapter 2 into chapter 3. He's in this section all, that, that is all about respect for authority. All right, and this is this some we have issues with. Even last week we talked about this idea the word respect actually means to place or position yourself under. And we don't think that's our job. We think our job is to question authority, right? So uh, good thing the Bible doesn't speak to anything uh, that's relevant to us today. Peter talks about uh, respecting human authority, something, man, we're... we're we, you know, respecting our leaders, respecting uh, those in government, respecting our bosses. It's something, I know we've already got that handled. Then he moves on and he talks about slaves respecting or accepting the authority of their masters. And, and this is even more difficult. He's not talking figuratively about slaves, but literally about slaves and, and how they place themselves under their masters. And then, you know, coincidentally, he says, well, you know, that, that whole slave-master relationship, that kind of makes me think of how husbands and wives should relate to each other. Um, in this uh, first part of chapter 3, he talks about beauty. And I want to I hit on this piece first. Uh, I don't know if you, if you caught it in verse 3. He said, but wives, don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyle, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. I don't know if Peter was having a fight with his wife while he was... Right, let me get this in there. Uh, it made me think, and, and I've seen this week, uh, uh, have you guys uh, uh, seen the news about uh, the Miss America pageant? Go ahead and put that image up there. This is Ma Miss America 1921. I had some joke in here about some of you were in this, but I'm, not, I'm just going to move on. Wow, I'm in so much trouble right now. 
Moving on. Uh, it's no longer a pageant. Uh, it is the Miss America competition. Have you guys seen this? And, and it's all in the news this week. And they will no longer have the evening gown competition or the swimsuit competition. Uh, women will no longer be judged on outward appearance. Uh, every woman will be encouraged to wear what makes them feel confident and empowered and advance the cause of the Miss America competition. All right, so what do you guys think? Was this a, this a good move? Yes? Some no, some are. All right, you guys can fight it out later. I'm not going to weigh in. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, uh, that, that related to Peter's comments, just, he speaks briefly to wives about beauty. And he says, don't be concerned about hair or jewelry or clothes. And so I'm going I'm to try to tread softly here. But Adam's interpretation of this is, um, oh, how do I do this? Um, Men love beautiful women. Amen? And we are surrounded by beautiful women here today. Amen? Amen. Amen. See how I'm working myself out? (laughs) Um, I don't think Peter is telling women to not make themselves beautiful. I don't think that's what's happening. Uh, if, If I could offer my theological interpretation, I think, I think he would say, don't be overly concerned about the outward appearance. Instead, he's, he's reminding women to make sure that their investment in uh, externals is matched by their investment in internals. So everything from, from God's perspective comes from inside out. You guys have seen this in Scripture. God is always more concerned with the heart. The heart is the source of all beauty. And so Jesus says, or Peter says, man, make sure you're paying attention to the internals. Now, related to his comments about uh, wives must accept the authority of your husbands. Maybe some of your, uh, some of your uh, translations say wives submit to your husbands. Uh, I do a lot of weddings now, and, and nobody ever wants to include that anymore. I don't know why. Um, uh, I, I know maybe it's hard to imagine, but, but I want you to imagine just a little bit the, the, the situation in life around, around Peter's writing. So you see, the, the time of his letter, uh, the time of his letter to these Christians, like uh, women had little or no status in society. Um, and, and I would love to tell you how much things have changed, but sometimes I wonder, even, uh, l- let's be honest, women have only been allowed to vote in the U.S. for, for not even 100 years. So if you can back up 2,000 years, imagine what it must have been like. Uh, women were not much higher than slaves, Frankly, um, a woman would have had no say in the finances or in the decision-making of the household. Uh, marriages were, were frequently arranged. Uh, a woman uh, would have no status, and uh, if you were divorced, you would be completely out on your own. Um, a woman would have no way to accumulate wealth or, or have income. Uh, and, and like similar to slaves, like a woman would have, there, there would be no, no course of justice. There would be nowhere you could go to receive justice. Uh, the courts would have been reserved for men and men only. 
you could be, as a woman, you could be divorced or even killed at the will and the whim of your husband. All right, so does this give you a picture of kind of the environment that, that Peter is writing to you? So uh, a couple of things is if you're a woman in this time and you married a man who happens to be a Christian, you, you got it pretty good, right? Right? So because he's going to be a Christian man and he's going to treat you with Christian values. But what happens if, and imagine just if you can for a second, what happens if you as a woman become a Christian and your husband remains a pagan? Could you see some problems there? Um, I mean, if your husband becomes a Christian, you would become a Christian. But if you become a Christian and your husband is something else, how exactly is that going to work in this society? And so, that, but that's really the I think the situation that Peter is writing to, and and I think it's important for us to acknowledge that like the incredible bravery because this was happening. There were women who were giving their lives to God, giving their lives to Jesus, even though their husbands weren't. That's an incredibly brave thing to do, but also problematic, right? Because now your values don't align anymore. How is your relationship uh, going to, to grow or, or be challenged? And, and Peter's challenge is for the woman not to divorce her husband and just run away from him. But to, if you look carefully, Peter's challenges to the woman is to her to preach to him, but to preach silently. All right, so let me just go over that again. <laughs> Women, you're supposed to preach to your husband, but preach silently. I'm, man, I'm in all kinds of trouble. Um, and what he says is, is the way that, that you're going to get through to your husband is through loveliness. The way you're going to get through your husband is, is pleasantness, to, to dedicate yourself completely to remember this whole theory of, of Peter's, how do we live in a world where our values don't match? And he says, I want you to do good. I, I, I want your good doing to be, be evident everywhere in every aspect, in every corner of your life. And he tells the women the exact same thing. Remember last week we said to do good, even if it means suffering, even if it means cost, even if somebody's putting pressure on you. And, and Peter says the same thing for you women. Man, this is a noble thing that you have chosen Christ and now I want you to do good in your relationship with your husband. He says, I want you, your lives to preach and allow the incredible loveliness of, of your Christian wife, your, your Christian life, to win him over. Are you with me? All right, so verse seven. Guys, you didn't get out of this. Maybe Peter gives women seven, uh, six verses, but you get one. Don't, don't think you're off the hook. Guys, you're in this thing too. You're not getting off so easy. He says to husbands, he says in verse seven, oh, uh, let's actually read it, sorry. In verse seven, he says, in the same way, you husbands must give, what's that word? Honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are. I don't know, some could beat you up maybe. But she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. 
All right, so guys, maybe you only get one verse, but, but you should really, really pay attention. He says, in the same way, um, I love this, in the same way, um, a way of saying, of saying you know, you're, you're in this too. I think if you look through these codes of, you know, Peter talks about our relationship to human, to human authority and how we relate, and then he talks about slaves and masters uh, and husbands and wives, but really what he talks about is the reciprocal nature of relationship. Do you see that? Like, like there are people in human authority, but you have, you have a job to do too. And whether you're a slave or a master, you have a job. And whether you're a husband or a wife, like, like there is a mutual obligation there. See, women weren't allowed in the, in the worship of, of the Romans or the Greeks. Even in Judaism, there, I mean, woman's status was diminished. But don't miss what Peter says and, and how incredibly revolutionary it was in that time as it is today for Peter to say, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. The word is joint or co-heir. That means you share in this thing together. Together. Remember the context. This is a pretty revolutionary idea, right? And this isn't, it's not just in Peter, but if it's, it's in the New Testament from beginning to end. Because the New Testament, and Jesus especially, recognizes the value of all people. Remember, we talk a lot about this idea that people are not things, but people. People are, are to be loved and cherished. Things are to be used. People are to be loved. He sees the value in everyone. And he challenges husbands to see your wife, not just as a, an inch above a slave, but as a person to realize her value and to give her honor. You know, it says elsewhere in the New Testament, it says, wives, submit to your husbands in all things. But then later it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. My wife will remind me occasionally that, that Christ died for the church. <laughs> Amy, why don't you submit to me? Adam, why don't you die? You know, like... <laughs> I like you. Like, you need to see that, that you're in this thing together. And the fact that Peter's advocating this idea all those years ago, man, is, is, is so important to the heart of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. He says, just, I want you to treat her with understanding. Treat her as you should. And then, and then the guys get an extra warning that, that the wives don't get. Did you see that last verse? It says, so that your prayers won't be hindered. It's a, it's, a, it's a way of saying, God is watching. Like, if you don't honor your wife, like, like somehow your prayers to God aren't, aren't going to get through anymore. Remember, God is always concerned about you making the relationships right with those around you before you make it right with him. Man, I love the amen corner here today. Like, <laughs> as long as they say yes, yeah. 
So if, if you want, I'll put, it, I'll put it in the affirmative. If you want God's attention, treat your wife right. Right? Okay. <laughs> if you want God's attention, treat your wife as if she's valuable. Honor her. I'm going I'm to take some notes on my own, my own teaching here. <laughs> All right, so I don't know. My 10 minutes is probably up. All right, so that, I wanted to give you like a little bit of like, all right, here's some of the fire in this verse, but I don't want to de- neglect the idea of love because love is at the core of this relationship, it, at, at the core of all of these relationships, that love is fire. And so uh, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you watched it or, or saw it recently, but recently there was a wedding. It was kind of a big deal across the pond. You guys remember? All right, so and at this wedding of, uh, uh, of Harry and, and Meghan at, at Windsor Castle, uh, my dad was like, dude, did you see that black preacher just get up there and go to town? And I was like, what? I didn't see it. And so um, I'm going to invite Michael Curry to talk to us about uh, love and the power of love, especially as it relates to husbands and wives. So why don't you uh, just take a moment? Uh, AC, I know you're getting married pretty soon. I, I don't know if he's available, but I might, <laughs> might give him a call. Um, and I, I love that for, for a couple of different reasons. One is uh, uh, he needed an amen corner so bad. Could you tell? Uh, I get the feeling that uh, all those people in fancy hats weren't, weren't quite used to preaching like that. Um, I, I think... Uh, I think what I would encourage for you is if, if maybe they miss the message, that maybe it would sink deeply in you. Uh, Peter's not just advocating, you know, this, this dutiful, like, placing yourself under authority, although that's there. Really, the, the heart of his teaching is world change. He says this is how we change things. We change things from the inside out. This is, this is how it happens. And so... Um, in just a minute, I want to give you a chance to go, and uh, we've got communion set up at the tables around the room. We invite you, we invite you to, to share in this communion. Um, we invite you to share in um, the greatest love the world has ever known. The best, most perfect display of love is open and available to you today. And uh, maybe uh, as you take this communion, uh, uh, maybe I just uh, encourage some of you maybe just to renew your vows of love. Um, I know in our world there are marriages that are hurting. Renew your vow of love. Renew your vow of love. I know because we've received the love of Jesus, there's hope. I'll tell you, if there's ways we can, we can pray for you or serve you, we, we'd love that opportunity today. Uh, maybe there's uh, uh, some of you that are ready to give your life to Jesus in, in baptism, and uh, uh, we've, we've got everything you need. So in just a minute, uh, we're just going to enter into, uh, I'll say a prayer, and uh, I'll dismiss you to a time of communion, but also a time of response. Um, if I can pray for you, I'll, I'll, move, I'll just move to the back of the room. Uh, but maybe you, you guys... Uh, uh, maybe you're a married couple. Maybe you just need to spend a few minutes, husband and wife, and just renew your vow of love to each other. And that's what we want. We, we think healthy marriages honor God and how we can and where we can. We want to lift you up and encourage you.
So let me say a prayer, and I'll uh, dismiss this to a time of communion together. Father God, I thank you so much for, uh, for your word. Uh, it is fire, God. Fire not to, not to leave us where we're at and not to just let us kind of continue the mundane plotting of our lives, but, but fire to energize and fire to bring about change, but to bring about healing and hope and restoration and redemption. And so, Father God, and all of that started with your son, Jesus Christ, and his sacrifice on the cross for us. And so, Father God, as we enter in this time of communion, as, as, as your spirit and as your word does its work on us, Father God, man, let that spark of love be ignited in us again. Let that spark of, of, of love be united in our, 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 our marriages and in our workplaces and, and in our neighborhoods. Uh, Father God, we, we don't ask for small things, but we ask for change, a world change. Um, I believe that's why you came. Let it begin today with us. Let it begin today with me. We love you, Father, and in your Son, Jesus' name, everyone together says, Amen. I invite you to stand and enjoy a time of communion together.